2: This is a Lip Media Podcast.
1: a
0: doctor. some bad hat
1: hair. It's a Get any of that? Not a doctor. Bye, have a beautiful friend, Hello and welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge watch, deep dive, and break down a season of television each and every episode. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damask Leary. And today we'll be discussing Community Season 1. I know. So exciting. Very we want to exciting. do this forever. How are you, Damask?
2: I'm good. I've just been watching Season 2 of Community. <laughs>
1: Oi, that's spoilers, getting ahead of the curve here.
2: I know, I couldn't stop though, but yeah. No. How I know have you what? been?
1: I've, we've been watching as a family, sort mm-hmm. of, a lot of us are big fans already and trying to watch together, and me telling them, is like, you can't start t- season two yet. They're like, <laughs> you broad. Um, I'm good, thank you. Can't complain. I'm actually busy. Work's been, work's been mm. busy, which is... Good and bad. I kind of was enjoying the long weekend and not doing anything. And now I'm back to work and I'm having to work my ass off. It sucks. That I shouldn't complain about working. Something we should talk about quickly before we get to our review today Our quarantine uh, quarantine TV uh, guide, our sort of guide to stuff you should be watching in isolation, things you could be streaming right now, TV shows of that type. Uh, Parts one, two, and three are out now. There is a part four coming that will be out this time next week, but we are still looking for suggestions from listeners, so... If you've got a TV show that's not been on our list yet, uh, something that you think people should be watching, a gem that's been sort of missed by people, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. We would love to hear your thoughts on that. Record that for us on your phone, on video, just audio, whatever. Upload it to the internet. Send it our way. Uh, Our email address is contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com. Send the link or the file there, and I'd love to include that on a future episode of the podcast. In the meantime, though, let's get to our spoiler-free review of Community Season 1. Let me clue you in. Season in review. Community is an American comedy television series created by Dan Harmon that began airing on NBC on September 17th, 2009. The series primarily follows a Spanish study group at a community college in the fictional town of Greendale, Colorado, accidentally brought together by one time and want-to-be-again lawyer, Jeff Winger. The show boasts a talented ensemble cast in Joel McHale, Gillian Jacobs, Danny Poody, Yvette, Nicole Brown, Alison Brie, Donald Glover, Ken Jeong, Chevy Chase, and Jim Rash. The talent extends behind the camera too. Dan Harmon, who now co-runs Rick and Morty, leads as showrunner, Anthony and Joe Russo, aka the Russo Brothers, directors of Avengers Infinity War and Endgame, executive produce and direct, direct multiple episodes, Chris McKenna, who did screenplays for the last two MCU Spider-Man movies and Jumanji Welcome to the Jum- Jungle, also executive producers, and writes, and Ludwig Göransson, composer of Creed, Black Panther, The Mandalorian, and collaborated with Donald Glover on Childish Gambino, does the music, and Justin Lin, director of five Fast and the Furious films and Star Trek Beyond, directs three episodes this season. Community Season 1 consists of 25 episodes, each coming in at around 21 minutes, and took us approximately 8 hours and 45 minutes to watch. There's a lot of talent there. Yeah, Uh, I've never heard
2: you speak so much about the the behind-the-scenes talent before.
1: It's one of those things where I kind of know a lot about community. Mm. I've done a lot of research, a lot of reading, read a lot of interviews, those sorts of things, listened to commentaries and stuff. No,
2: I can tell because that's the only time you haven't stuffed up almost everyone's name while going through the list. I am
1: familiar with the names as well. Mm -hmm. That does help. So the question I wanted to lead in with here is, how did you, when did you and how did you start watching community back in the day? Assuming um, you have watched it back in the day and this isn't the first time.
2: No, it's definitely not the first time. I remember it was after I got really sick and I had to move back in with my parents and my brother was feeling sorry for me. So, he brought me like, as we used to do, a giant hard drive just full of downloaded content. Ooh, before naughty. that
1: was illegal. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Before it was illegal. Um, <laughs> we were so innocent back then. Um, so, and he just had a shit ton of stuff and community was one of them. So I just started watching it. Um, was not a huge fan at the very really? beginning. Mm. Yeah. No, it took me ages to get into it. Um, uh, it took me a few attempts actually, but yeah, so I started eventually I got around to watching it and enjoyed it. Yeah. What about you, Brad?
1: I remember I was here at uni. I was probably in my second or last year of doing chiropractic and I was listening to the slash film cast at the time. Probably one of my first pop culture podcasts I've ever listened to, pop, uh, podcasts in general i ever listened to. And I think it was Devendra in particular, Devendra Hardwar of the Slash Filmcast, just couldn't stop raving about this show. It was in season two mm. at the time. And he was talking about, I think the one that made me start watching, he was talking about the season two Christmas episode.
0: Mm, and I was yeah. like, I
1: think I need to start watching this show a bit like you, it didn't hit me straight away. I was like, watch the pilot. was like, oh, yeah, this is fine, I guess. Mm. And then I kept watching, kept watching. And then I remember the point, and we'll talk about this, I think, in um, spoilers. I think there was will. an episode in season one. I was just like, ah, oh, I think I love this show. <laughs> and then from there, I've been the biggest fan there ever was. And the... I think the thing as well, which we'll get to as we go through future seasons as well, is the ups and downs along the way, not necessarily mm. in terms of the quality of the show, although that did happen particularly in season four, but the the constant threat of cancellation, which when I started watching it wasn't the problem, it was just being raved about. It was a critical darling. Mm. And then season three rolled around and I went over to America on a trip and I remember finding out while I was away that the show might not come back and mm-hmm. like all this sort of stuff. And boy, it was... We were desperate and hard times back then. But anyway.
2: (laughs) I think I was going through similar things with happy endings around about the same Mm. time because there was years of, you know, are they ever going to bring it back? And a lot of like these kind of NBC kind of sitcoms were constantly being threatened with cancellation. And so it was just a few tumultuous years for us TV viewers, particularly of this kind of genre, um, this type of TV that. It just sucked for a really long time because you, you loved it so much, but every year you were just ready to be heartbroken.
1: Well, it, it that that sucked. But the funny thing was it was like this golden era of NBC sitcoms. I think their Thursday night programming or something like that was mm. The Office, Parks and Rec, 30 Rock and Community.
2: It was, yeah. Like, that's a
1: hell of a two-hour Which run is, for any network to have. Which is insane
2: because for, so, I guess the numbers at the time, particularly for like the two at the later stage of that of the night which was mm. um 30 rock was it 30 rock and community i'm not sure 30
1: i know community was last on the slate i'm pretty sure i think 30 yeah. rock was before that but i can't be sure yeah we did because we didn't watch it that way we yeah. got what um, we got
2: unless you were the office in that lineup like nbc considered mm. them to be like weird failures <laughs> like yes but when you, you look back on it you're like that's iconic television that they just was not appreciated at the time. I think like critically it was, but mm. by like network was just well, not, which is insane. It's
1: just also it's kind of 10 years ago now that community came out and then so it happened over 6 or 7 years mm. essentially community. Yep. And like the way that the way we we're consuming television was changing. Mm-hmm. So numbers, it's always about numbers, right? Nielsen numbers, how many people are watching. And so as people started to do like streaming and or watch it on demand, that was the thing. They weren't, they were tracking the nightly numbers. They weren't tracking people who were watching via DVR or yeah. watching online the next day and stuff like that. And so these numbers were not necessarily mm-hmm. reflective of its audience. Well, you know the why they audience? weren't like
2: checking those numbers?
1: Because they weren't, com- they didn't have the commercials. Like, <laughs> well, no, just
2: because like online content, that'll never last.
1: Totally. Yeah. Different times, how different the world has changed. Uh, all right, let's get to our reviews. Damas. do you want to start?
2: Sure, why not? <laughs> I'm, cool. I'm nervous to start. Are you? I oh, am. Okay, I'm yeah.
1: fascinated by that.
2: Well, I've been like Hot takes resistant on. for so long to review anything that we really love.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um,
2: yeah, it's 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 a different game, I think. It's a different beast, sure. so I'm nervous. But yes, I'm Have ready.
1: Because we, we've done Avatar, obviously, and that's mm. like, it's like th- these are my two shows, Community yeah. and Avatar, it's one of my two favourites. We haven't done The Office. Have we done anything that really is like top of your list yet?
2: No. And I think it's particularly ha- it's particularly harder if it's a comedy. Mm. Like, yeah, generally the story that we're taking note of or plotting along with um, isn't as intense as, say, and avatar where there's a lot to dive into there.
1: Narratively. There's, yeah, narratively. Yeah. I don't think yeah.
2: community helps a lot with this, I think, because there's so much there, particularly sure. as we go along. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll see how this goes. All right. All right. I'm ready. So when I first watched this show, I did not like it one bit, which I mentioned earlier. I got through the first few episodes, then realized it wasn't for me. A little while later, I kept hearing it was great and that opinion kept coming from the mouths of people who loved the TV comedies that I loved. So, I trusted their judgment. So, I gave it another go. It was a slog getting through the first eight to ten episodes. The show was improving with each, but I still couldn't get over how unlikable the protagonist Jeff was and how flat I felt the female characters were there was still something missing. It was good, you know, with rapid-fire jokes, pop culture references that didn't try too hard, and meta moments that let me smugly congratulate myself for getting it. But still, it wasn't enough. It's around the episode 12 mark that it finally had me invested. These weirdos were given enough time to figure out a way to feel like more than just a group of wacky sitcom characters. They were starting to feel like a family. So, yes, I was starting to like this very strange show, Community. And then the season kept going and going and going. But this time, (laughs) I usually say that in a really negative way. Mm. I mean that in a really good way with Community Season 1. As it went on and on and on, it got weirder, but its heart got bigger. And that's just the kind of show I like. Obviously now when I watch season one, I have the luxury of already loving and or hating these characters so that I can sit back, relax and know how rewarding the whole experience will be. It's hard to go back and look at a show that you really admire with a critical eye. This season, or at least the last half of it, is really fantastic but it does take a considerable time to get there. Likewise, the female characters from the beginning are Not great. The show later corrects a lot of this as the writers become more aware of the cast's strength. But there is no denying that in season one, Britta, Shirley, and Annie suffer from being boring or at least bland. All in all, this is an impressive first season. It cements its universe and tone in the first half and then allows its characters and cast to shine at the end to make a satisfying, well rounded story. It's been a long time since I had re-watched the first season, but it was as enjoyable and rewarding as I remember. So much that I, as I mentioned earlier, I've just kept watching. I haven't stopped. So now I'm kind of like halfway through season two. Um, but that's kind of what happens with community. Once you're hooked, you just keep going and you're so committed to it. But yeah, I loved it again.
1: I don't know what the stats are around the world, but whenever I log into Netflix to start watching Community, one of the things I'm enjoying at the moment is it's in constantly in the top 10.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah.
1: there must be a reasonable amount of people watching, which either suggests there was always an audience or people are discovering it for the first time and enjoying it. And either way, happy with that result. Yeah. That's good. That's interesting. My review is a little bit different in tone. Mine's a little Ooh. more gushy than yours. It's um, fair, that's but
2: fair. It's your one true th- love, Brad, and that's it okay. It is my one
1: true love. Nah, it's two of my true... It's the second of my true loves. You slut! I am. But the... I agree with you, though, on a a few of those points. Particularly, I think you're right about... I mean, and the characters in general, I think Mm. they're they're there to begin with, but it takes them a while to really find the nuance and the secondary level. I think Troy is a good example of a character who changes a heck of a lot over the first half of the season. By the time you get to the second half, Mm. they found something more for him to do. As much as, like... Britta does start out as sort of like being the straight man Boo. alongside everyone else. Mm. It's not that long before they start finding the dorky side of Britta that ultimately comes. I think Britta might be my favorite character in season three, for instance. Yeah. They really, really find. And they they start to head that direction. And one of the things I think the show does, again, I'm getting way ahead of myself, is that Seasons will sometimes really feature certain characters moving, shifting their roles and stuff like that. The first season is the most basic one. Jeff Winger comes in. He's like the gift of the gab lawyer who's trying to um, drift his way through community college and then finds this lovable group of misfits to get together with. And by Mm. the end of that, it's about his relationship with them and with a couple of the key female characters. But then as the season goes on, it does such a good job of changing that. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's talk about season one. And this is my problem. I do love this show. I want to say that at the top. I have for the last 10 years and I still do today. And the trick for me is going to be trying to talk about just the first season and the first season only. I'm already failing at that. A lot of my feelings about the show overall are tied to the later seasons and watching Community back for the 10th time. It can be hard to separate all those feelings, thoughts and emotions. But I think the most important thing with Community Season 1 is to talk about just how successful a first season it is. And I mean this because there are a few of my favourite shows and one of your favourite shows I can think of that I don't think start off all that strong, but they get better in Mm -hmm. later seasons. They're also shorter seasons. I'm thinking specifically of like Parks and Rec and yeah. The Office, where well, their first seasons are like six or eight episodes or something like that, Community got 25 episodes in its first season. <laughs>
2: it's so long. No it's show so has long. 25
1: episodes anymore. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> um, but it hits the ground running, I think, with a great pilot and do- it knows exactly what it is. It's, sorry, it doesn't know exactly what it is yet, but it arrives with confidence and wit and expertly sets up its world, its story, and a solid expectation of laughs. And from there, it just gets better and better. Uh, The season I don't think has any bad episodes. 25 installments, as I said, which is a huge amount for any show, especially these days, and Mm -hmm. zero duds. I think at worst you could argue there are a few forgettable episodes, but I would challenge that even those episodes have at least a few uh, great laughs in there. Though I get the feeling you disagree, and I'm looking forward to talking about that later. (laughs) Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Part of the reason I think each episode su- succeeds is because the writing is tight at every level. Firstly, it's funny, it's quick and clever, and just the right amount of dumb wrangled together into a complete, tight and satisfying story that exemplifies the strengths of the Dan Harmon story circle. I think it's really important to talk about just how well constructed each episode then each season is and why that makes the show as strong as it is. Mm. The great writing is then enhanced by the skill of the production around it. The talent behind the camera is obvious. Infusing what could be a pretty standard single-camera sitcom into an often cartoonish, always stylish, stylish minor spectacle, especially when it reaches out to other genres and pop culture touchstones. Elevated again by Ludwig Göransson's playful score. That only happens a few times this season, but they are some of the more standard episodes, particularly in the second half of the season, as we talked about. Though even in the first season, like the Halloween episode... Um, which is directed by Justin Lin, does some really cool stuff you wouldn't see in a normal sitcom. And mm-hmm. also, the thing that made this sitcom, I should say, with community community standout amongst Parks and Rec, The Office, and 30 Rock, mm. is it was shot, although 30 Rock wasn't, I think about it, but the first two I mentioned were shot mockumentary style, and this one wasn't, this was shot straight single camera, and so they had a bit more freedom with how they used that camera as well. Mm. Um, and we should talk about these actors as well. The seven members of the study group plus the broader supporting cast all bring their A-game. The chemistry between the actors is palpable to the point where some of the best scenes in the season are just seven people sitting around a table. Everyone is bringing their A-game and there is a reason just about everyone has gone on to do more great stuff and a few of them absolutely extraordinary stuff after Community ended. And through the hard work of the writers, directors and actors, our characters uh, from the very outset feel like characters, and only grow in complexity and relatability as the season progresses, is a joy to watch the study group evolve individually and collectively over the course of the season as the show finds its footing. However, uh, this is where I agree with you the most, though. Above all that, the most important thing this show has is tons and tons of heart, particularly as we get into the second half. Sure, there is a top layer of cynicism, but like our hero Jeff Winger, underneath it all is a whole lot of love. We've discussed discussed how important this is before, and... That's the difference for us when it comes to how much we love shows, especially comedy. But it's mm. worth saying again: it doesn't matter how witty something is. Without heart, it only penetrates so far. The best shows, my favourite shows, uh, are the show and the shows I laugh at the most. All know how to bring the feels. Parks and Recreation, the early years of The Simpsons, and I've been rewatching a bit of that with Disney Plus. The reason those shows stick with us. And we love those characters isn't because they hit just the right joke count per page, but because those jokes are supported by feeling, meaning and love. Am I gushing? Absolutely. But it's earned. This is a great show, an exemplary first season of a sitcom. And boy, am I excited to tell you that it only has room to get better from here. Mm. And it does. It does. Uh, Not always better from here. Again, we'll talk about season four one day. But boy... Oh, can't wait to talk about future seasons. But right now, what's your score out of five stars for season one of Community? Demands?
2: I really struggled with this because I know <laughs> how I feel, mm-hmm. but then I also know where it's going. Yes. So in terms of how you... I, Because it's really good, but... It does take a long time to get there. But when it's there, it's so good.
1: This is the trick as well. It's like trying to look at this from the eye of seeing it for the first time. Because if it was the first time, right, it would take me until episode 10 before I was like, I love this show, right? But now I rewatch it and I watch those early episodes. And yeah, Brit is sort of a bit stale at that point and this and this and this. But you can also see it building to where... As it's going, it's getting confidence and stuff. And I'm enjoying, there's some really solid stuff in the first 10 episodes as well Mm. that I retroactively enjoy plenty. And I don't know, I am, a lot of shows you get to re like people who review shows, they rewatch the season a couple of times before they review it. I'm rewatching for the 10th time, as I said, but but I don't think, I think you're allowed to have that, add that to the list a little bit. Because goodness knows as much as we love the show, there's going to be a season we go, it was horrendous. (laughs) <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. We are not going to hold back when we go, oh, that, that really sucks.
2: Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I okay. It's because, uh, p- like, I want to give it a four, but I'm like, that's probably too much. Nah, but then, like, right. 3.5 feels like too little. Correct. You know what I mean? So,
1: 3.5 is too little.
2: Okay. So, I'm giving. <laughs> Brods says I give it a four. It's my I'm putting answer. my thumb
1: on the scale, doing yeah. a Hawkeye and saying yeah. that's a four.
2: Three, you're right. Three point five sounds wrong. All right, it's yeah. four. There we go. I, I
1: was struggling between a high four or a low four point five. Um, I am going to agree with you that it's a four, and I am. I think if it's just me now we're exactly where i'm sitting in terms of how much i love the show it's a 4.5 it's Mm -hmm. not the best the show gets but i love it dearly yeah but i think your criticisms are are correct i think there are some weaknesses particularly early on it does take a little while to really find itself Mm. um and so i'll dock at half a point for that so i'll give it a four as well i think that's a fair score for season one Boy, 25 episodes of such great quality
2: well that's the thing is like when i think about it you know it's so much content to have such consistency and to really like pace it out so that you are growing along with the characters and getting to know them. It's up oh, fuck. I can't even imagine writing that much and m- making it that good. like that's insane, so well done, absolutely.
1: Before we dive into spoilers, we'd like to remind everyone that if you enjoy what we do here, we would really appreciate you sharing the podcast with others who you think might also enjoy listening. We also appreciate your positive reviews on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you prefer. But right now, let's talk spoilers. You're now entering the spoiler zone. Spoiler warning. From here on, we'll be discussing everything that happens in season one of Community. Before listening any further, we recommend watching all of Community up to this point. If you've not yet done so, proceed with caution. There are spoilers ahead. You You have have been been warned. Deep dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. It's awesome that uh, our deep dive discussion, our little jingle, Mm -hmm. has got a little community in it as well. It's oh. cool to know other people think about this stuff, too.
2: No. yeah, oh, yeah, true. Uh,
1: all right. How do we want to talk about this? We haven't really discussed this yet, Damask. I've mm-hmm. got thoughts. I think we should maybe talk about just episodes that we particularly liked, perhaps. Unless okay. you would rather talk about characters or the specific elements. If you've got notes, if you've got topics, please jump right ahead.
2: Um, one thing before we go into episodes that it. I want to talk about mm-hmm. is just simply the way that they have created their universe which sure. i really really respect and enjoy i think when looking back on shows that i absolutely love like parks and rec is a great example of doing something similar mm-hmm. so you have this kind of wacky weird world like in parks and rec we have Pawnee, which is like raccoon riddled and like morally bankrupt but you love it because Leslie loves it, but it has its own rules and laws. Totally. And and this show does that as well. So, we've got kind of these people existing in community college. They are forgotten that that place itself is forgotten. And so, you can kind of do whatever you want in that space. Same with Pawnee. Like, no one's taking any look at Pawnee or what's going on there. So, they, so they're allowed to be wacky and within their own kind of world. And so you have that. Plus, you add like this sprinkling of side characters that are so bizarre. Like this season, we have Leonard and Garrett, and obviously Chang, though he's more of a staple. Sideburns. <laughs> yes, yes, starburns.
1: Starburns, uh, sorry, starburns. Yep.
2: Um. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, you should be sorry, ashamed just of yourself.
1: <laughs> of myself, I said. I blame the headphones, can't hear myself. Yeah, no, fair enough. Say weird things.
2: Fair enough. Um, And there's going to be way more as we go along, but you start Mm. to get so attached to the world and you allow yourself to believe whatever, wherever that universe takes you. And I think that's one of my favourite things. Like, it makes me really really cherish Greendale.
1: What do you think is the first episode that's sort of like – Takes it to that next level because it's at first there's just mm-hmm. like, oh, there's weird classes with weird professors and stuff like that, like the Seas of the Day class and yeah. the, um, the pottery class and those sorts of things. Mm. Um, I guess, there, yeah.
2: Um, no, I'm just looking through the episodes now, so I haven't thought I'd have to go back and really Could, look. But I guess comparative religion, when we have that bully, like, sure. and then we have, um, was it Mr. Winter? And that type of thing, perhaps maybe that's... I oh know, I'd have to go back and actually look at it.
1: National Mr. Winter. Yeah. Very happy, yeah.
2: <laughs> Which is just... It, it still tickles me to this day. It's never not funny. I mean, anything that Jim Rash does is funny to me. But... Um, 100%. Yeah.
1: And it's fun watching him as well. Like, did you... Oh, something as well I forgot to mention. Mm-hmm. Did you notice the pilot is different from the pilot? Uh, because I've watched the DVDs a million times. The pilot is a cut-down version. Yes. So there's little bits. There's one thing I missing.
2: noticed just at the top, but I yeah. don't remember. Yeah. There was
1: like, the, yeah. there's a bit where he's trying to get the cassette player or amp thing to work, and he mm. goes, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. And that's Jim Rash doing that at the very beginning. That's just not in the um, the Netflix version, which I think is the version that airs, or it's like the syndication version, so it's mm. a little bit shorter. It's 22, 22 minutes instead of like 25. Well, I don't a,
2: ever remember seeing the, um like, it says Greendale, like, two blocks from your house or something. I
1: Never saw that and before And I've either. never Not seen that DVD. before. Yeah. No, that's a totally new thing. That took me by mm. surprise as well. And then the there's a bit after Jeff uh, convinces Britta to come to the study group where he's speaking Spanish. and He's talking nonsense. She's like, I really need your help. And she walks away where he starts talking to this cafeteria woman. Mm. And, and she's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, sorry. I've been conditioned by TV to think that all black women are, like, magical, like soothsayers or whatever it is yeah. right and it's like that whole bit just wasn't there and I was yeah like, it's a shame what is what is going on uh that took me by surprise actually but um yeah jim rash it's fun to see him sort of gain confidence and build the character of the Dino of the season mm. i gotta say i reckon ken jong hits chang moment one immediately like, immediately has chang yeah completely down and and only gets more Chang from there, but it's like there is yeah. no ramp up there. It's just like pff, 100 miles an hour.
2: His commitment to every single moment, to every oh. line, as the show progresses and he has to be more and more insane, it's just it's fun to see someone have that much fun with a character. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I think, yeah, the Dean gets there eventually. But, yeah, like I said, Chang right out the gate is Chang. Um, but, yeah, those two actors, mm-hmm. beautiful stuff.
1: Uh, I'm trying to think of other, like then Leonard is introduced, I think his first appearance is in the pool when they're doing the the case about Britta cheating. Mm. Then you've got Duncan as well.
2: um, Oh, yes, Duncan.
1: John Oliver, who's in and out of the show at different times. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, I think the the episode where it starts to be the most like Greendale's own crazy world and ecosystem that's sort of Mm. like, it's separate from the rest of reality, the rest of the world, is the Chicken Fingers episode.
0: Um, mm. Which is
1: called contemporary yeah. American poultry, and so when there's like this yeah. dynamic where the study group all of a sudden is like mm. working as a criminal organization, like yeah. the mafia inside the school, everyone's bought in on it. The deans eating chicken fingers, like, <laughs> and everyone just buys into this like fantasy all of a sudden that there's this like mafia movie going on. The whole school seems mm-hmm. to be involved.
2: Yeah, that's, I think like that's the first
1: time it really hits when
2: like there's that real kind of synergy between. Yes, Greendale is a wacky place, but the medium that we as an audience are receiving it is malleable. Yes. So at that point, those two things are coming together really nicely.
1: Uh, did you, what are your, do you have a favourite character, for instance? Maybe it's a good question to ask. Someone that you really love straight away?
2: Straight away.
1: Straight away or someone that by the end of the season you are like, they're my favourite character now?
2: I really enjoy Troy. Mm-hmm. I think Donald Glover is Fucking hilarious! So by the time that he gets to really be Troy, um, yeah, I think he's absolutely hysterical. It's because uh, like I like you love Britta, and towards mm-hmm. you know kind of the middle, and then spots towards the end of the show's run, Britta is is I think the funniest character. Um, so yeah, season one, it's probably. Troy. Everyone else, I enjoyed, but mm. I, even after season one had ended, I liked them all. I don't know if I was in love with any sure. of the characters, though, at that stage. Totally.
1: Uh, yeah, Troy's the funniest one as well because he's probably the one that has the most change over the course of like the first like handful of episodes, even mm. to go from the the uh, high school footballer who can't take off his Letterman jacket. Mm-hmm. They just ultimately just forget that. They just yep. push past it and go, no, he's best friends with... He's the dummy in the group who's best friends with Arbed.
2: Yeah. And,
1: like, to just be able to recognise that early on and go, we have to abandon that original concept. It's not interesting enough. This is way better. Yeah. And just push forward with that is... It's, it's great that the show is able to sort of evolve like that so naturally, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Arbed straight away arrives... Um, Pretty much fully formed, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. He evolves a few more subtleties and stuff along the way. Do you? How do you feel about him as a character? Because he's adds so much of that pop culture and meta element to the show, and the show gets way more meta from here as well. But even in season mm-hmm. one, um, does he work successfully for you straight away? Does it take a while for him to work? Or
2: yeah, I think he works um, as that character immediately. Um, but I think they find, particularly maybe in season two, um, a bit more. But also in season one, ways to add so much more nuance Mm -hmm. to someone like that. So, yeah, he could be just a character that, yeah, does the pop culture references or ties us in to explore like different film genres and different types of like TV and all that stuff, which would be fun. But um, I think, yeah, they certainly find a way to make someone who uses television and film as a crutch why that might be happening. Um, and some stuff around that. So That
1: early episode of him, like, doing the film class, mm. I-, I think shows where, like, that might be the first example when I talk about, like, the heart of the show, that mm-hmm. bit where he shows the movie and his dad's there, and, like, yeah. you know, if this ha- allows him to communicate with me, then maybe it's not valueless sort of thing, mm. but Falafel is a backup, um, <laughs> Is like is a perfect example of where the show is like okay it's it's had that early on it just needed to sort of find a way to bring it to the surface and and get better at dealing with that as well mm. um, but I love that stuff I thought watching season one again I got to tell you I've got a huge appreciation as much as this guy is an asshole in real life and he is piece. notorious <laughs> yeah and he is notorious mm. for like his Behind the camera um, problems, particularly with Dan Harmon. Mm. He, Chevy Chase is very good.
0: He's very He's funny. famous
1: for saying he never thought the show was funny. He thought the writing was average. Which so, if funny. he feels that way, I mean, I disagree with him wholeheartedly, mm. but if he feels that way, I have to give him props for absolutely dedication to still trying to make the joke work, even if he doesn't think it's good. Because mm. it is, because he makes it very funny. He is yeah. really good as Pierce
2: in this show. He is. Yeah, which makes it such a shame to like look back and think of how he felt about the show. But mm. Pierce, I, I agree, Pierce is very funny and it's fun to watch, I guess, <laughs> someone like Chevy Chase uh, parody themselves without knowing it mm-hmm. um, with all, you know, mm. every every word is like sexist, um just steeped in misogyny or he's he's homophobic or racist or whatever it is. Um, But it's funny to laugh at that person and just how oblivious they are to how the world actually perceives them now. Um, But no, it's a great – it is a great character. Does it get a little tedious? Yes, but this season I think we might have some diminishing returns in terms of how many times they rely on him saying something – homophobic or racist totally. or whatever. Um, it, but does we it get
1: we... better when the show comments on it? Like the joke is totally at Pierce's expense where it's not necessarily – like one of the things I like about it is mm. that you could – unfortunately, you could have a joke where someone just makes misogynist and racist jokes. Goodness, goodness knows um, stand-up mm. comedians do this for the sake of the laugh. Like that's the laugh, right? The yeah. shock value or whatever. And I don't think it's ever the shock value. No, it's no, It's always no, no. laughing at old man Pierce – Who's out of touch with the it world? It is
2: fun, like it is fun to laugh at old man Pierce, but like, mm. like it's so it happens so often. Like <laughs> it's just this, it's the same thing. Is Pierce says something wildly homophobic or racist or misogynistic, and then they like roll their eyes or like, of course he said that, blah blah blah. So it, it's the same joke over sure. and over again, and ninety percent of them are really funny, mm-hmm. um, but. You know, it's a lot. <laughs> it does feel in in. I understand what they're doing, but sometimes because of how often it's used, like literally every episode has a gay joke in it. Yeah. Um, feels a little almost dated. Like how how often that is coming up? Yeah.
1: Do you have any empathy for Pierce? Because it's easy to not care about mm. Pierce because he is so ignorant, homophobic um racist even, all those sorts of things. Do you have empathy for that character? Does the show do enough to to
2: make you empathize or care about it? I don't know if, if I have empathy, but I think they make him so pity like pitiful mm. that you do mm. pity him um because of his the way that he is makes him a really lonely character. So totally. I think I I certainly have pity for someone like Pierce. I don't know if I have empathy for him, but yeah. I think they do that pretty successfully. It's funny,
1: one of the episodes that I always feel like I don't like or like less when I come back to season one is the one where his uh, ex-stepdaughter shows up. It's just a particularly, I think, cynical sort of episode. But then I rewatch it and I'm always like, this is a really interesting episode for both Jeff and for Pierce. And like their relationship as kind of like they've set up early on that Pierce is like a potentially bad future version of Jeff in some Mm. ways. Like, they have a lot of similarities in sort of their lives and they're like, they're both womanizers or th- at least Pierce thinks he's a womanizer, those sorts of things. Mm. I um, find
2: that a particularly boring episode, <laughs> to be sure. honest with you. Like, I understand what they're doing, um, but the way that it's done just seems a little done. It's,
1: it's also th- a very political episode, like between, that's the one where Britta and Troy are dealing with... <laughs>
2: I, like, feel I very that uncomfortable.
1: Britta. That's extremely britter, And that's where they're really finding the britter that we're going to love down the track as well. The ultra, like, no, uh, left leading to the all. point of... Okay. No,
2: well, it's because talk- it's, it's really dumb, but it's not funny enough to justify the dumbness. Like, it just wasn't that funny to me. So, I'm like, mm-hmm. eh. And then, because that's the same episode where we have Abed's dad and cousin at the thing, right?
1: Yes, yes. When I say it's very political, you've got that happening as well, yeah.
2: That, um, I don't understand what is happening in that. I don't know. I don't care about Abe's dad. I don't care about the cousin. I don't care about Shirley's kids. um, And I don't really understand what anyone is doing in that, I guess. I think
1: Shirley is the character that they struggle with the most to find stories for. Mm -hmm. particularly with other characters. Yeah. Um, And it's because I think for the most part, she's the one who's got a life outside of the study group that we need to keep, that always has to be put into account here. So her kids Mm -hmm. and her family, yes, she's this, uh, she's the now ex-wife, this horrible husband who left her situation. She's a single mom and they keep referring to to that sort of stuff. But it does mean that she feels separate from the group. Even in the paintball episode, Jeff gives the thing to Shirley because it's like she could do with it the most. And she does yeah. feel the most separate. She feels the least like included in the group. And mm-hmm. I don't think that's a problem with uh, Yvette Nicole Brown. I think she brings it to Shirley whenever she can. She's great. Yeah. I, love, I love Shirley and I love um, her presence in the show. But definitely they struggle to find stories for her, particularly with other people of the group. Yeah. My least favorite episode this season is one that heavily leans on Shirley and the women of the group. And I don't think it works all that well.
2: Yeah, I think I know what you mean on that one. Um, I think that was my my secondary least favourite episode. Sure. I've got two. I've got two for each, both favourite and least favourite.
1: Oh, cheater, cheater. I suppose yeah. it's about two seasons worth of episodes. So that's well, fair I figured
2: enough. as we go along and talk about them, then one would stand sure. out. and 365-day returns.
1: You mentioned in your review, um, you particularly you had probably problems with the, the female characters in particular and how sort of well-rounded they were, mm. but also Jeff as our lead. Do you want to sort of talk about those a little bit?
2: Yeah, so I guess when I am watching a show, I just I would like to have an interesting female character to latch on to
1: too much Demas. To I How know
2: day. what a bitch am I right? <laughs> um, comment below. Uh, no, so, so something like it wasn't perfect, but Parks and Rec at least had a female character that I was interested in at the beginning, and I think that kind of compelled me to keep watching. Whereas with season one of Community, when I tried to watch it in the past, none of the female characters were very interesting. We had mm-hmm. Britta, who was the straight man and boring. Um, Annie was just kind of like this, you know, crushed up teenage kind of schoolgirl, mm-hmm. And then we had Shirley, who's like the mum. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't care about any of these characters. They're not particularly funny. Like I feel like the boys are getting some pretty good jokes and the girls aren't getting that many jokes because their characters just innately aren't that funny. Um so th- I think that's why I was able just to kind of like walk away several times when I started to watch season one and be like, I don't care about any of these people. Um,
1: did that improve for you as the season went on or, or did any one of those three particularly improve for you as the season went on?
2: Um, I Yeah, I did like the fact that Britta could kind of step away from Jeff a little mm-hmm. bit and not just be kind of – uh, the the moral one being like, don't do the fun thing that the audience wants you to do. um And she was kind of able to be a bit sillier, which was good.
1: Do you like the episode where they have the bullies come from high school the, and her and Jeff just get completely obsessed with like trying to get a one-up on these? I like it schools? in
2: theory. Sure. I think the episode, that part of the episode is immensely unfunny okay. and, and stupid. Um, but yeah, I like the, I like it in theory and to see Britta be able to kind of like, yeah, be silly alongside Jeff, which is good. And mm-hmm. also feels like just a fun friendship, which is fun. Yep. Um, Annie, she just, there's more to her. Like you see a friendship with Shirley and I think that's just by the very nature of that they sit next to each other, but that's yeah. nice to see. She's not totally obsessed with uh, Troy, which I think was a pretty uninteresting dynamic. So I'm glad they moved away from that. And Shirley is still Shirley. She is very much just a mum, but um, I don't know the performance. I just get more attached to Shirley as we go on because I, I find um, her passive aggression really fascinating. Um, And the exploration of guilt, um, Coming from her, and that that she is just as fucked up as everyone else, which I really enjoy. Yeah.
1: And what about Jeff? Jeff was also the because he was. You just found him so unlikable. Mm. I think is what you talked about.
2: Oh my god! Didn't I just? Yeah, he was, and he was meant to be, and I understand that. Um, but you know, I don't. I don't want to watch a show about that guy, and I thought that's what we were doing, and I just. Sure. I didn't want him to, like, learn a lesson through these other people. I like that everyone has their own flaws, which is so helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't want this guy to be the straight man and then he learns all these lessons through these wacky characters having adventures. I thought that sounded very um, unfunny and not the kind of show – I like, you know, I don't like, what's that fucking show called with that asshole who's looking for his wife? How I Met Your Mother.
1: Oh, sure, yeah.
2: I don't want oh. a straight man who's like, oh, my friends are crazy. Um, I didn't want that show at all. I've never liked that kind of show. I hate that kind of character. Um, but then as we went on, I was like, oh, it truly is an ensemble, Yeah. which was awesome. The ensemble is so strong. And... As we go along, I like how much they are willing to make fun of Jeff for being vapid and, but Mm -hmm. truly being incredibly insecure, which I like. Um, So, I think where where they take him is very funny. Like, he's not beyond being laughed at, Mm -hmm. which is good.
1: They're... The darkness of the show hasn't arrived yet. The show no. finds some real elements of darkness to talk about later on, um, and mm-hmm. not, not in, like it's still funny. It's always still funny, but it, it, like it has a way of getting deeper and really into people's like psychology and stuff later on. Um, but one of the things I love with Jeff, you're talking about, you get to make fun of him. The pottery episode, I think, is a perfect example, and the pool episode where you really get to explore his insecurities and his like need to be great at things. The pool and also- episode. As, as in, sorry, the uh, when he's playing pool in shorts. Oh,
2: the, thank you. I thought you meant the Britta trial the, episode. Not the like, Brita hmm. one, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: which, yeah, different pool. Yeah. Um, Those two are great explorations of Jeff's psychology in terms of what he needs to feel. Uh, and then even the one, I know you said you didn't like that, but when he's trying to deal with the the kid, the high school kids who are making fun of him, it's like mm. there's so much ego and stuff there that, that needs to be torn away and broken mm. down over time that i enjoy they do that one of my favorite things the show does though in terms of how the show grows like we're talking about character growth right the mm. show grows when it comes back from it after the christmas episode it had a hiatus for a few weeks like a lot of shows do mm-hmm. they came back and instantly one of the, the best things they do there is he shows up at the study room with his sunglasses on being cool like i'm just here to get my lawyer's degree and he's like i'm just kidding come here everyone and they're like fuck that guy, that's not fun, yeah. right? That's not what this show should be. Mm-hmm. And to be able to go, that was last half of the season, mm-hmm. we're moving on from that now. It really is about Jeff and the group and how much they love each other. I think that's the best. And one of the things, and they yeah. talk about this themselves in the show at different times, because this is such a meta show, but not this, not in season one, is the magic of that fucking table in the study room. Mm. There is something about the chemistry, the way the actors are positioned, the way they work off each other just in straight dialogue sequences that you constantly are examining the ecosystem as the group as a whole. I love this thing they come to with Jeff where he can like do the little hand movement and gets everyone to shut up. Like it stops being about (laughs) Jeff needing to, to, yeah, to Jeff needing to learn off these people, right? It's more about that when we talk about the, the title community, the community and how their role they all play in that little ecosystem they have inside the study room first and then greater in Greendale. Mm. Um, and I love, I love exploring that. Anytime and anytime we're at the table, there's extended sequence of them talking, it's always talking about dynamics, about how they're attracted to one another or what happens if Pierce is not there. Who's the person we're gonna make fun of? And like mm-hmm. How, as soon as you remove or change an element, how things change. Everyone's like role and power in the group is mm. always fascinating to me, and way more interesting than, yeah, Jeff's just cynical and he needs mm. to learn to be a love you know, to love people more or whatever it might be. Yeah,
2: like, and it's something to really marvel at is just like the simplicity of those scenes. So you look at it and you're like, oh, well, this is just kind of you know going to the peach pit or like Central Perk or whatever. But really, yeah. like what's going on within those scenes is like. And I love the shots as well, just like as we roll around. It's so stretchy. It's boring, it's- honestly.
1: If you examine it, it's like there's ones, yeah. two, and that's kinda it. That is like, it. And you just cut yeah. between them and get reactions from the actors.
2: Yeah. But it works so well. The it's always like rhythmically just on point. The writing is is genuinely funny. But yeah, like that added element that makes this show um more than just like your typical whatever is The attention to creating these relationships and really understanding, one, everyone's flaws um, and how those flaws really interestingly interact with one another. And that's constantly at play as they kind of tug between wanting to be together and be a family, but also it's really like negative sides to themselves that are constantly bashing up against one another. And it's, it's fascinating to watch.
1: As much as, like, they as a like as a whole, the study group sort of mm. make each other better, they also kind of make each other worse. The study yeah. group is, they're not necessarily good people. And it was always easy to look at Jeff and go, like, yes, he's the ex-lawyer, douchebag, grifter, right? But then mm. you look at Annie and Shirley and these characters, they don't necessarily stand out as being bad people. But for some reason, when they're all together as a group, there is a weird toxicity going on there. And they're kind of not good people. And I do love the... Yeah. Um, the Chicken Fingers episode is a great example of this, where that like they are a source of of evil in inside Greendale in a lot of ways. <laughs> like they're a bad group of people.
2: Yeah, there's codependency, and then there's also this really toxic behavior. There's like there's no one to stop. Like you in a friendship group, you always need the person to be like, ah. Oh, The moralistic one, which like Britta at the very beginning would have been to be like, oh, actually, guys, like this is why it's wrong. Um, And we do sometimes in episodes have a character stand up and say that, but generally that's fueled by their own insecurity or whatever flaw they're dealing with. Um, So, yeah, it's just more interesting than they have a wacky adventure and then until they like learn a lesson, there's way more moving parts that just kind of – add up as the season goes on so we have a better understanding of who they are.
1: Um, the other thing I want to talk about as well before we move on, I think we'll talk about individual episodes in a second when we talk about favourite and least favourite episodes, is mm-hmm. the a big thread throughout Season 1 is the idea of Jeff and Britta, will they, won't they, and then mm-hmm. Jeff and Slater, and then finally we sort of end on Jeff and Annie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So... Were you invested in any of that at any stage and how do you feel about sort of the way that sort of resolves at the end?
2: Um, At the beginning, absolutely not. And then in the middle, absolutely not. (laughs) And then at the end, uh, yeah, a little bit, but not in terms of, um, oh, I really do or don't want them to be together. Mm Mm-hmm it was more like they're such fucking idiots that of course they would fall back on that kind of thing. I'm talking about Jeff and Britta, mm-hmm. um, particularly Britta because she's, yeah, just going through some shit at the end there. Um, so, of, of course that's happening. So, I just feel bad for them being like – and it is just funny because you know ultimately they should not be together. They are not right for each other and you also know that they don't, I don't think that they think that at that point.
1: If the show was only one season, do Mm. you think the show made any argument that? Because what happens, right, it's like the thesis would be, if we take just season one as as its own thing, Mm. it's like when Jeff's trying to court Britta like, and he's just interested in sleeping with her, that's not right. Mm -hmm. And then they sort of both move past that and then they start to form this friendship where they actually work quite well as a pairing when Mm. they're... Um, they're kind of they're bad for each other in some ways but ultimately like there's a lot of chemistry there and they're they're very good friends mm. and then that becomes oh wait a second maybe there's more here going on there let's say there was only one season they were told before episode 25 you're not getting a season two and rather than go the route they did with the very last moment which is leading into season two they went yes Jeff chooses Britta or something like that would you have, bought that would you have believed that would you have found that satisfying on any level based on the work they did to make them good friends the is no obviously yeah no <laughs> i don't
2: think so just because for so like because often they'll bring up the whole thing where shirley's like oh you really like jeff i can tell that you really like jeff mm-hmm. and britta is always like i really don't um so in those conversations i always genuinely believed britta to be like it's not a thing. And that Shirley was like this just kind of being overbearing in those conversations. I think um, both things
1: can be true, though. Like sh- Shirley is being nosy and overbearing and yeah. and over- Both Ridiculous things but-
2: can be true. But I'm saying that when I watch those scenes, I believe Britta's perspective
1: do you think, but the show also shows you this idea that Britta is very insecure about, like she says those things, but then Shirley will t- turn away and you'll see that she's like pining for Jeff a little bit, or that she does feel jealousy when Slater is with Jeff and those sorts of things. Like that's all there too. The drunk the drunk um, phone call is sort of the big giveaway as well. Yeah. I think um, those things are true, at-
2: but I think like, I don't see the insecurity as being she's she likes Jeff and is trying to hide it. I think I see the insecurity as like Jeff is a source of validation and attention and she craves that. Okay. So that doesn't speak to like true love to me. That's not how I interpret sure. it. Sure. Yeah.
1: Oh, and I don't think they're nowhere near true love. Even no. if the show ended in that sense, it's like it would be at best they started dating, they slept together <laughs> once and like, yeah. you know moved on Uh, Mm um yeah there's a spoiler in your background that suggests that we don't always have to end our start of relationships that therefore they're in true love yet that's the start of things uh what about jeff and annie then
2: um it's yes
1: gross it's (laughs) a little bit gross
2: it is really gross it's (laughs) it's When you think about it, it's really, 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 really gross. It's fucked up. The the show says it multiple times. One of my favourite lines of the entire
1: show is when um, Jack Black's character Buddy does that and he's got an essay portion bit. And then uh, (laughs) Jeff's like, yeah, everybody, Buddy can sing. And he's pretty young. We try not to sexualise it. I'm just like... Just yeah. great awareness from the show about like what that suggests. That's, that's so saying?
2: gross. Yeah, and it I is. I just love that episode. I love Jack I Black. Do too. It's, it's so such funny. Such a good
1: return after the season. The <laughs> it's break. so
2: strong. Like when oh. we have um just Jack Black screaming and crying as his pants are fallen down, being He's removed amazing. from the room is just perfect. Anyway, but like yes. I agree that Annie and Jeff is super gross. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help that Alison Brie does not look anywhere near 18 at sure, all. Sure. And she's a very beautiful woman. It doesn't so help like, that
1: Alison Brie is Alison Brie, is what you're trying to say. Yeah. Basically. Pretty yeah. much.
2: So, that does confuse a little bit because you're like, yeah, I'd watch them fuck. But, she, but I have to remind myself that she's meant to be 18. <laughs> totally um, like. And so is Troy somehow, um, which is, I don't know, classic American TV, I guess. But... Um, So do I want them to fuck? Sure. Is the whole like, oh, this is wrong, very sexy? Absolutely. Um, But do I think it's a smart choice for either character? No. And it's pretty fucked up.
1: Do you think there's just more chemistry innately between? Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah. 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 The debate episode, it's like. Well, Joel McHale
2: and um, Gillian Jacobs, now that, they look like siblings. So that doesn't help.
1: (laughs) They look like siblings. I've never thought about that
2: they both got those turned up pixie noses and they're blonde. And there's just mm. like, yeah, they look related.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, the, uh, the debate episode with Jeff and Annie, it's like, mm. boy, Ooh. that, that, that awakens something in me back in the day. <laughs>
2: uh, um, I knew you was- back then. It was already very awake. <laughs> Any last words?
0: Final thoughts. That's why you always leave
1: a note. Uh, Do you have any side notes to mask?
2: Um, I don't know if this is a side note, um, but I just want to, as the show goes on, Troy and Arbed's friendship, I think. Mm -hmm. One, it's beautiful, but two, it adds to this sense of, because they're both so childlike and they have childlike wonder that when we get to an episode like Modern Warfare, Mm -hmm. you absolutely buy it because you feel... One, you know that they would fucking relish it and have a good time. So, you're happy for them in that way. But also, yeah, they've created like this childlike, anything is possible, imagination land. And so, it's just a smart way to do that. And I I just love their friendship and it brings me so much joy.
1: Uh I've got a few side notes. Mm-hmm. One, I just want to point out the introduction of a few elements that will continue out throughout the season. Number mm-hmm. one, we've got Leonard. Obviously, we mentioned as well in the um, British Cheated episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the birth of the High Five, the first instance of the uh, Arbed-Troy yep, like High Five. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Troy and Arbed in the morning gets a, a nod in one of the um, end credit sequences. Our first Beetlejuice. Pay attention to how many times Beetlejuice is said. And then the third time it happens, pay attention to the background. One of my favourite <laughs> ongoing, like, long-running or jokes that take a long time to happen in the entire show. Mm-hmm. And we got a little bit of that uh, Troy as the potential plumber. Uh, yes. As a future for him as well, which is going to become very important later on. Yeah, um, Some of my favourite lines from the season... Honestly, the Jack ba- Jack Black episode is hilarious. It really is. Um, but one of my favorite bits is where he's like in the group, and he's talking about like how the inclusion of an eighth member might throw off everyone's natural and then the, the opening plays and then comes back rhythm as just like <laughs> the timing of that is exquisite. Mm-hmm uh another one of my favorite lines after they've done the um the spanish final i think i got half of it which got me through the half i didn't like the first season of the wire exactly (laughs) yeah Um, a little observation i made as well there's the episode where they're watching kick puncher and they're all doing like making jokes over the top of it very mystery science theater 3000 Mm -hmm. right it's funny to think that since that show's happened dan Harmon has been a writer on mystery science theater 3000 Oh, has he? But I thought that was quite funny. Yeah, That's yeah. Cool. He was involved with, um, I think, the first season of the reboot. I'm not sure if he did the second set or not, but definitely the first season mm-hmm. he was involved with. Something that really annoyed me, though, and I don't know whether this is just I'm misremembering mm-hmm. or if it's the Netflix versions, the lack of playing the theme song. Mm-hmm. It's always the short version. A couple of the last episodes started to play the full thing, and mm-hmm. like episode two or three had it. And the rest of the time, it was yeah. the rubbish short version, and I hated it because I love those opening titles. Um, yeah, they are I enjoy them every time. It annoyed me. Let's talk about our I've favorite- still got more oh. side notes. <laughs> please, please go. Sorry. Sorry. Often you just bring ones. I was like, that must be it. Go <laughs> no,
2: off. no. You just uh, took I just it away assumed. from me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think it's episode three, Britta has a line when she's talking to Arbed's dad, in which she says, I have rights and you can see my whole face. And it's like, Britta's not meant to be the racist character, but that line is super fucking, like, fucked up. Have you noticed? Do you, that- mm.
1: do you think that's inconsistent with Britta as a character?
2: Um... I kind of do cuz I get she's like about human rights and all that stuff mm-hmm. but I feel like she would be well cuz the thing with like Troy's grandma right is like she's super respectful of like you know cultural differences and all this stuff to then like for her to say that to him is like it I don't know I think like she'd be more on like being respectful of other people's cultures
1: is she angry? She's angry with him at this point, though, yeah, right? Yeah, she is, Like, yeah. she's on Arbed's side in this situation. Yeah. I think that's totally consistent with Britta, though. She'll choose her cause based on what it is. So it's, like, on a different day, she would be, like, about respecting cultures. Mm. But in that instance, like, she's feeling, like, I think he says something... You know, she's trying to make it about this other thing and about like female rights or whatever it might be or mm. human rights. She will absolutely chick- pick that side of the battle if she wants to. Because there, as mm. I think, there's real life conflict there between like respecting cultural. Um, you know, different cultures and the idea that some cultures do diminish female rights and those sorts of things. Mm. And Britta is the embodiment of the person trying to, like, make all of that work at once. And I think Mm. her choosing one side in that moment of anger and frustration is completely consistent with Britta, I think.
2: Sure, but I think that line itself, it's like when they do that in the future, they make what she's saying – so absurd that it's outright like sure, funny. Sure, sure. That line is just like kind of racist. You just think that <laughs> and, line s- And it's as something it that people say. Whereas it's not like absurd enough to be like, Oh, I see what you're doing. People do you just, think it's like, a product
1: of the time? Probably.
2: Probably. Do you think that's yeah. just
1: a thing that's dated poorly now?
2: I think so. Yeah. Cool. Um, I love the kind of kind of randomly put in there about Shirley's friend Gary who's from Finland, Mm -hmm. um, and how he has no sense of humour. And Shirley's explanation is just he grew up in a land without sun, which (laughs) always tickles me. Um, I think
1: towards the end we find out he's transferring. Yes, and they're all like, Uh. thank
2: God, (laughs) which is great. Um, When Annie and Jeff have had a fight and he's like, oh, you know, we were both wrong. I love Annie's response of like, really? Because I'm an 18-year-old girl and you made me cry in public. (laughs) which is perfect because generally like, yeah, no, they were both wrong. But then to recontextualize like, no, no, Annie's 18 and Jeff's fucked up. Um, I love the group's response to when Jeff says, I'm agnostic and they all boo him.
1: Boo. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bring my winning smile.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I just love British squirrel costume. The yeah, Halloween the episode. squirrel
1: costume's adorable. Uh, that's a good little, follow that through future um, episodes of the, the Halloween episodes as well. Mm. No, the just on the Annie stuff as well, one of my mm-hmm. favourite moments in the episode where she tries, she rats out Chang and it's going to like to try and make sure they have to do Spanish again mm. next season. When she starts to like do the Disney face, princess face, <laughs> and just like everybody look away. The- do not. She's Her eyelids are going to flutter but never quite close. and like, fuck, yeah, it's, it's, it's such a great so performance to Brie as well. <laughs> so good very good uh okay least favorite and favorite episodes i'm willing to indulge you on this a little bit we've only got 20 minutes or so but let's go through a few of our favorites and then our ultimate least favorites and favorites what was your least favorite episode multiple if you like
2: okay well episode so i've got two so episode Mm -hmm. 18 basic genealogy Um, I really don't like any storyline in that episode. It's Shirley versus Abed's dad, which is Mm -hmm. snooze um, because he keeps critiquing her parenting. um, And it's Pierce and his stepdaughter. Like, I get what they're doing. I just don't find it particularly interesting or funny or different. Sure. Um, And Britta and Troy's Nana. It's just, like I said earlier... It's too dumb to be funny. Like it's I need it to be bigger, I guess. Is it too
1: cynical? Like this is a show that's got this layer of cynicism, but it it feels Mm. like a particularly cynical sort of episode. It's not silly enough, or it's not like Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I I do have that feeling about that episode. It's almost like a little bit mean spirited. Even like, although the character of Pierce's stepdaughter is meant to be this like awful grifter sort of person, Mm. it's like like Pierce is already a shit person. You add her on top of it. Jeff's not exactly a great guy either. Then you've got this weird like Shirley and Abed's dad fight going on. Then you it's like it's a lot of just like that's true. Boy. There's no
2: like oh where's the love kind of where's element the sunshine of that episode? In that
1: episode. Yeah. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, do you want to go now?
1: Oh the the main one for me mm. um, because I agree with you. That episode is, isn't one of my favourites either. Uh, episode six: Football, Feminism, <laughs> and You. Uh, Troy my is like, the Dean is bribing Jeff. Yeah, Dean is bribing Jeff to um, get Troy to join the football team. Like, it's an irrelevant part of Troy very quickly. And so mm. it's kind of just super forgettable. Britta in the bathroom friend stuff with Ooh. Shirley and Annie is just done whatever, completely nothing. I so do boring. like, this is the episode where the human being is created. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's right in the middle mm. of just like a series of Pierce trying to be all these different things like you have pierce doing the school song and pierce doing um mm. hypnotism on on Britta and blah 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 and on and on it goes mm. and it's like it sort of is very forgettable in that um yeah it's just a forgettable episode it's not i don't think it's a bad episode though i think it's just forgettable totally. it's just the show is still trying to find itself
2: yeah it's one of those episodes that i always forget about when i'm doing the rewatch particularly yeah. um the element of like the bonding in the bathroom shit which is so dull. Um and so it's just dumb. Too
1: uh what's the word I'm looking for? It's too basic. Like how it many really times it's it feels like a nineties basic sort of like comment on female friendship. Well, but doesn't without Jeff anything literally to really
2: say? say that? Is like um haven't you watched like any nineties stand up in relation to oh, sure. like, women right, right, going right. to the bathroom. Yeah. Um, but I just think it's like, there's more interesting ways to explore a woman, a woman who's unable to be vulnerable with other women. Um, mm. then that, like, I was like, yeah, no, women are more interesting than that. We relate to each other in, uh, You know, in different places, in in different ways, and I think it makes me wonder
1: actually, because I know Mm. in season two, there's definitely Megan Gantz is on the writing uh, Mm. on the um the writing team. I'm wondering how many women have written. Uh, This is actually that episode was written by Hillary Winston. So, so they're definitely. I don't know. It it felt like uh, I've got to write the girl episode
2: in a way that this the writers' room, which is predominantly men, will go. That is funny. Um, Yeah, 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 yeah. So Interesting.
1: Hillary Winston also wrote um, episode 25. There you go. Hmm. Uh, yes. All right. Do you have any other least favourite episodes? You want to move no, on to favourites? It was
2: just those two.
1: Cool. Uh, what are your favourite episodes to mask?
2: Okay. So the boring answer and the obvious answer is Modern Warfare. Mm-hmm. Just because it makes you feel like this is what the show is, it, it kind of is limitless in what it can do. Um, it feels so like so much fun like it feels like a special event and in television you only really get that every now and again with like maybe a special christmas episode or whatever it might be but this felt like a really special event that just was appearing before me um i i I thought it was a really effective like action film (laughs) like i was invested in it um so, that would be my boring answer. I have another one, another episode that I fucking love. But mm. I, I don't know. I, every time I watch that episode, I really enjoy it. it though, yeah. surprisingly, I thought it was my favorite, maybe spoilers, Paintball episode. It's not. But oh,
1: right. So, you've gotten ahead and watched season two and realized there are other ones that you prefer? No, just
2: in watching oh, it, in I was like, oh, I thought things happened in this Paintball episode, mm-hmm. but they happen in other ones. And I, so, gotcha. it, I, it's not my favorite one of those but I really fucking like it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: This is like, I was talking to Liam about this because he was watching it with me, my brother, and he Mm. we're talking about like, this is the episode that you get people to watch if you want them to watch Community. It's probably the most famous episode of Community, right, is the paintball Mm. episode. I think even Mm -hmm. if you've only heard about it in passing, if you've heard of one episode, it's this one. And the reason is, is because yes, it's ridiculously fun, but what it does is what all good takeoff and parody does in that, it ultimately knows and loves the thing that it's. It's more of an
2: homage than like a straight it's, up parody, yeah.
1: And it's also so it can poke fun at it, which mm-hmm. makes it fun. But it can also be a good instalment of that thing. Mm-hmm. So my best my best examples in film would be uh, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, right? Yep. Which are two of my all time favourite comedies ever made mm-hmm. uh, on film. And it's because both of those work at poking fun of their genres and also a great zombie film and a great like, action movie. Like, they're really great in that, at doing those things. And mm. Paintball is 100% that. It is a fantastic entry, 22-minute TV version of it, but it is a successful entry at that while also... So, it's it's not just about, like, winking and going, oh, that's a reference. It's also doing its own thing and doing it well, and it yeah. does it. Justin Lin know, kills that episode.
2: you got to know why people love the thing, right? So, yeah. you have to love it yourself... In order to really make a good version of it, otherwise yeah. you're just kind of like looking at the surface, surface, and yeah, doing things like reference, reference, reference. I think the cast, uh, as opposed to doing something deeper.
1: Yeah, I think the cast as well are just having a ball doing it. Like you feel mm. they're having a fun time doing this as well, and so it's hard not to get in on on that fun as well. You get drawn in and enjoy it too. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, I'm going to talk about a couple episodes that I found particularly good as well mm-hmm. um we're gonna get back to i also have another favorite, favorite one but I'll yeah do don't that worry next. we'll come back yeah. to that number one i want to talk about introduction to statistics which is the halloween episode which i think is the first time the real meta st- or the the pop culture reference stuff seeps to, seeps through justin mm. lynn directs that episode as well and we've got those great moments of Arbed being Batman and then that amazing like monologue he has at the end of the episode and then when Pierce is in his like fort of like chairs and stuff like that and then Arbed like pulls them out and the way the camera work and stuff works there mm. and the music and things it's having a really fun time that's just a funny episode for mm-hmm. me the the moment that I fell in love with community i know i will always remember it is episode ten environmental science, uh, science, which is the episode where Chang is given them all this ridiculous essay, and Je- Jeff goes to sort of like um, get convince him not to, and he goes mm. and does the drinking thing, and he comes back, and they've got Green Day playing somewhere out there, and you've got Arba and Troy who are singing to Fifle. yeah, and you've got Shirley doing her brownie's speech, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Here's brownie, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you've got Chang doing the dance with his wife.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I fully tear up for some reason. <laughs> I can't explain it. I think mm. it's beautiful. I think it's like, it's encapsulates what I think this show is really good at doing. In that it's silly, yet properly funny, yet full of heart mm. and earnest as fuck. Like they yeah. want you to, especially between Troy and Arba in that moment... And then just like a dash of pop culture in there with the um, somewhere out there, and mm. it's like it cements the Troy and Abed friendship, and like it's it's community in a in a, in a nutshell I think. Mm-hmm. And that was the moment where I remember watching that and going, "Oh, I, I love this show." Yeah. And then That's the show gets better from That's there. Nice. Um, what else? What's your favorite episode?
2: Um. All right. So my other one was episode nineteen, Beginner Pottery. Yeah, it's great. So, I love it because it really, really digs into Jeff mm-hmm. <laughs> and how pathetic he is, which I love. But also, the sailing class yes. is so funny to me. Um yep. what well, I, I love, I, I don't know, I don't know much about the stuff, but I guess it must be the direction um, that makes you really feel like they're sailing, which is yeah. stupid, It's the little things
1: they do. Like when they go past on the boat and Troy's like doing the big movements from left to right and you can see them like pulling at the rigging. It's like they, again, they know how to like create.
2: And it's also like the moment of like the teacher is just. Yeah. It's like when Shirley, you know, the teacher is just described to her like what's happening and she just turns around behind her shoulder and looks up and like that's the perfect storm. Just things like that made me laugh. Just. Pierce being so shit and then falling off and then he comes back in a boat and he instantly starts sinking. And just thinking about it makes me laugh and tear. It's just a really it makes me laugh every time. It's very funny. I mean that's a perfect example of like Chevy Chase just really committing to how pathetic (laughs) his character is. Um, but yeah, no, I really I really enjoy that episode a lot.
1: What There's it, also that great moment in the pottery class, the montage early on, when Abed and Jeff are just watching Annie. It's yes. like, what are you making? A vase. <laughs> like I think that was
2: also I think that's an Alcubierre moment. Yeah. <laughs> that really awoke something within you. Oh Yo, yeah. Um, but also mm. the the ending of like that doctor guy and just like his inner monologue is so terrifying yeah, it's just a great way to uh and yeah I, that episode makes me laugh from top to bottom
1: all right i'll list off a couple of others very quickly that i love because there's a lot that i yeah, love about this first season comparative religion we've actually talked oh no we haven't talked about this one extensively um but we will one day i think because we talked about epi- season two's christmas episode i think when we no, did no we wanted special. to
2: i think but we had to talk about season one
1: Did we decide to talk about season one first? Okay. Whatever it was, that's a great episode. Because someone
2: asked us to do season one, but we wanted to do season two.
1: Right, right, right. Well, we'll get to it one day, so Mm -hmm. I won't go into full detail right now, but that is a fantastic episode and a great way to finish that first half of the season before the break, immediately followed by um, investigative journalism, which is the Jack Black Buddy episode. Mm -hmm. That is an incredible way, like stamp on the second half of your season to come back and like have that incredibly funny. And then I love like the um, stuff between- uh, Arbed and Jeff about the Hawkeye stuff as well and really mm. commenting on like have you ever watched an episode what's your favorite episode of Mass Jeff the one <laughs> with the wall <laughs> <laughs> and just like talking about you know, like Hawkeye did have to be a leader as well mm. as the um, you know the guy who's also a, a rogue as well painful episode obviously my personal favorite episode season one is is the Chicken Fingers episode, um, mm-hmm. which is called Contemporary American Poultry. I just think the same way that the paintball episode great. is a successful episode like action film, this is a successful mobster film. Like the way it works inside the Greendale community, we know mm-hmm. as a whole, at this point, we include Starburns and we include like um watching the group sort of like be corrupted by power mm. is very telling and is actually foreshadowing a little bit about what this group becomes in future like seasons mm-hmm. as well. What they're um, capable
2: of. Totally.
1: Also, Arbed is a slightly malevolent figure also as a bit of insight into what these characters are capable of. Um, And it's just, that, it's that really that first, even before the paintball episode, the first Greendale as its own crazy ecosystem. And then it has that sincere ending as well. That, talk between Jeff and Arbed about why Arbed was so keen on doing this, about mm. trying to find a way to have connection and with the study group and so on and so forth. Like, mm. just, I love that episode. I think it's so, and the, the, yeah, the genre stuff in it is just so well done. Anyway, mm. looking ahead to season two, what are you looking, without giving spoilers away, what are you looking forward to talking about? What are you expecting to feel about it?
2: Um, well, I already know because I'm watching it. <laughs> uh huh, sure. <laughs> but there are some really great episodes that explore each character really well. And mm-hmm. I think we see hints of their capabilities to do that this season. But I think they really fucking nail it in season two. Season two was really, really fucking good. Um, so I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying it so much, and I'm looking forward to one day talking about it because it's great.
1: Um, try not to spoil it. Season two is one of my favorite seasons of television ever made. Yeah, it has multiple episodes that are all timers. One of which I would consider in my top five episodes of television ever made. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah and i can't wait to to re-explore and gush about it there is some just fine episodes in there as well mm-hmm. but there is a lot of like absolute a plus content in there and i think it's just like similar to how the second half of this season was able to look back at season 1 and go okay what wasn't working mm-hmm. what's really working what do we double down on it does that yeah. and if you enjoy the pop culture type of stuff as well and it's not just that but if you enjoy that stuff Oh, you got a lot to look forward to in season two. Yeah, a you really lot do. to look forward to in season two. I am um, expecting to gush even more about season two <laughs> um, than yeah. I did season one, in, in like substantially more.
2: Yeah, no, I agreed, agreed.
1: Utterly adore it. I will join you. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Hunting Seasons. You can find more of what we do via our website, huntingseasonspodcast.com. Our logo and design work comes from Sean Kirkpatrick, aka at Shawnee Boy Draws. And our theme song and bumpers from Lucas Heil of Birthday Loyalty Club. Find links to their work in our show notes. You can also find myself, Broderick Gordas, on Twitter at bgordas, B-G-O-R-D-E-S, Damask.
2: You can find me on Twitter at maskymoo, M-A-S-K-Y-M-O-O.
1: Next episode, we'll be back with part four of our quarantine TV guide, the final part from us. Hopefully not long after that, we'll have a bit of a special episode involving uh, recommendations from our community. And I think the mm-hmm. week after that, we'll be back to do community season two. We've got a couple of other things lined up, but if you're cool with that, Damascus, I would like to get to that sooner than later. Fuck I can't. I'm not going to stop watching community. No. Uh, in the meantime, thank you for listening and for watching. By the way, uh, this—if you are listening to the podcast—we have recorded this uh, on video as well. I mm-hmm. think, assuming that works, <laughs> we'll upload it to the website and to YouTube. If you've enjoyed watching us, let us know. We might do more of that in the future. Uh, but in the meantime, we will see you next time. Bye for now.
2: Bye. Bye
0: everybody. And so,